welcome back. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, talking about things that you Christians want to know, or things we think you want to know anyway, or maybe things we think you should know. <laughs> uh, this is Nate Johnstone, and I am here, as always, with Paul Anderson. Hi, Hi Nate. Hi, people. And we have been talking about something that I think is really cool and has always been really helpful to me personally. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, the title we gave it is Fueled by the Future. This idea of being able to cope with especially difficult times or at least tedious times in life to be able to endure, as the scripture says, because we have the future in mind, particularly heaven, um, but also just our, our time with God. Uh, I remember during college, I was in a brief season where I wasn't spending as much time with the Lord as I wanted to. Um, I was still spending time with the Lord, but not as much as I wanted to because I was spending all my time serving and helping other people and talking to other people. And, it, and multiple times in the same week, someone would call me or stop at my room right when I was about to start my quiet time. I'm like, no, this is my time. And, you know, I, I would like to say I'm super generous and giving and never had a problem with that, but that, that's oh. not the case. I was super annoyed. Um, and I remember thinking the thought, and I think it was from the Holy Spirit that says, you know what? A day is coming when you get to be with me all the time. Mm. And so if during this life you don't quite get as much as you want because you're doing what you are called to do, Mm-hmm. Is that a temporary sacrifice that you're willing to make, knowing that in the future you won't have to make that sacrifice anymore? Mm-hmm. And it was a, it gave me a lot of hope, that thought Good. in that moment. Wonderful. I'm like, you know what? That's great. And I had the same thought with friends. Like, there are so many friends that I want to hang out with and I just want to spend more time with. And one of my friends once in college was like, well, you know what? We'll hang out a lot in heaven. Cool. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Mark me down sometime in the first couple centuries, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, that was my friend Adam Hall who said that, and I've never forgotten it. You know, mm-hmm. 25 years later, I'm like, it's true. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in relationships that, you know, especially if they move away or if they pass away, you your heart longs to be with them and you can't, and that's mm-hmm. sad. But knowing, no, I will be with them. That gives you hope to move on. I like it. And to endure through that. And so we've been talking about being fueled by the future, how Jesus did it, how Moses did it. And let's continue on with that, Paul. Who are we going to look at next? We are going to look at the 12 spies who were sent out to look at the promised land. And I'm going to pick it up in Numbers 13 as the spies are back and they're giving their report. Okay. And we're finding that two of those spies have a forward look, mm-hmm. and 10 of them are, are not very positive. So they're reporting, and they're saying it's a nice land. We came to the land, and uh, this is 13, Numbers 13, 27. We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, when you get to that word, you know something is going to change in their tone. It's a big butt. Yes. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, or they're the uh, giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. 
the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and Mosquito Bites dwell <laughs> in the ites. hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. So it's getting bad. Yeah. Caleb jumps in. He can't wait any longer. <laughs> Verse 30. Quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. So they're comparing (laughs) the people to themselves rather than to God. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who comes from the Nephilim, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. Plus and it's so Thursday, and no one goes into battle on a Thursday, so <laughs> let's, just, let's just not. It, so, it gets so, worse. It keeps getting worse. Now we're in chapter 14. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, so the people are siding with the ten. Mm-hmm who gave this bad report. And the people wept. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now Moses and Aaron, they're not the ones uh, that gave the report. They sent them out. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. See, they're going back. Well, they've they've been working a long time to get here. On the promise of Moses that it was going to be great. When we get there, it's going to be great. You guys just wait and see. A uh, lot of desert goes by, and then they get there, and oh, I guess it's full of giants and inconquerable. So yeah. they, I mean, Moses, Moses has a full-on rebellion here. I mean, yeah. this, this yeah. could, they, this is, this is the point where it says, and then the people would seize Moses and threw him off a cliff, and he was dead. I mean, that, well, that could very easily happen here. They, they said. Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Yeah. So, so they were ready so to discard on Moses. And it's because of the 12 spies. Ten of them only saw with their eyes and judged with their eyes. But the other two saw something else. Then Moses and Aaron, this is chapter 14, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb, they're the two spies, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and I want you to hear this, the land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, remember that what if we talked about Mm -hmm, last week? mm -hmm. If, what if the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Now, they, now they're going to go after these rebels. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of this land, for they are bread for us. We're going to eat them. We're going to eat them alive. Mm-hmm. They had so much faith. Because they weren't comparing these giants to themselves, but to a God yeah. who was powerful. 
And that, so they were walking by faith. huge. Talk about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, a different oh mindset. Oh my that God. is a life-changing mindset right there. It is. To see is. the giants in your life, not as in comparison to your size and how big and scary they are, yeah. but as in comparison to God's size and how basically they're nothing. Yes. Now, it, it, again, it gets very sad. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Oh. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. God stopped that. God had to literally happening. show up yeah. to get them to stop from stoning them. That's so pretty it's, sad. It's, it's very, very sad. So they, they got 40 years after this in the wilderness yeah. until they all died off. And no one who was a part of that age and above went into the land. Only the, the younger ones were able to go in, plus uh, Joshua and Caleb. The two, uh, good, the two good spies, yeah. They, they looked to the future. They were fueled by the future. They knew what God had promised. They knew that with a promise, as you move toward the promised land, there is a process. And that process is hard. That's the desert. That's going through the desert to get to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And we go through a desert. Yep. We go through hard times. And if we remember, we're going into the promised land. It's a good land. That's what they tried to remind the people. This is a good land. It's a beautiful land. You're going to enjoy it. God promised we'll get through that. We'll, we'll, we'll handle those giants. They're small in comparison to God. So the people... We're not living uh, with faith, with the eyes of faith. They were looking with, uh, well, like we said last week, if only. We, we should have died in Egypt. It would have been a lot easier. Why, why don't we walk into this wilderness so that our kids could be eaten alive by these giants in Nephilim? Mm -hmm. We'd have been better off if we never left. How terrible. It seems to me that... Joshua and Caleb had a very different mindset, a very different point of view than yes. the rest of the people, except for maybe Moses and Aaron and, and Miriam and a few. Most of them, it seems like, still had the mindset of slaves. Mm -hmm. They still saw everything as a slave sees everything, which is everything is negative. It's always going to be worse. And the path of least resistance and least pain is the best one. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an understandable mindset when you're a slave but God had set them free they weren't slaves anymore but they still thought of themselves as slaves and they still thought of the world as being enslaving and so they couldn't see the potential they couldn't see any potential The I don't think the word potential would even exist for them Hell. because Joshua and Caleb Notice when they talk about it, they're, they're talking about how th this is amazing, guys. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. This is going to be fantastic. You are going to love this. We could live here forever. Like they see, they see potential. They see how great everything is and how wonderful it's going to be. All God has to do is get rid of some folks in, in the process and, and we'll be good to go. Yeah. And the rest have this, this trapped slave mindset and they only see the problems. That's all they see is problems. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, sure, it's a great land. I'm sure there's plenty of great lands. But guess what? This one's full of guys with spears, and they're freaking huge. And their walls are really high, and we have no logistical chance of ever beating them. We are dead if we go up against them. Let's just go back to Egypt. They couldn't see any potential, anything from God's point of view. Yeah. It's like they didn't factor God into it at all. The guy who just did tons of miracles getting them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, it's amazing. It but, is amazing. But I know Christians who have grown up in the church and they've seen God move and they felt God move and God's done a ton of stuff in their lives, but they still have slave mindsets of themselves. Mm-hmm. They still look at everything as being a huge problem. They still say, woe is me. And they still talk about how unfair life is. It's just so unfair. It's that victim mentality that you were talking about. And Mm -hmm. that's so sad to me. Um, But it's something the Holy Spirit can cure. You know, by by transforming, by the renewing of your mind. He can cure that. Um, But it, it's a completely different life. And... Sadly, I think a lot of people still live this way. It's an upside-down life. It's the opposite of what we think. To go up, you go down. To get freedom, you come into slavery. To to be um, to to in to receive, you give away. So you have to understand a mindset is the opposite of natural inclination. Often, Mm -hmm. I wrote down some principles that I got from study this studying this, that uh, cover both sides of the spectrum. Those who are both fueled by the future, mm-hmm. as well as those who are fearful of the future and are frozen in their past. So I'm going to read a few of those, and uh, you, you comment on it as you hear them. <clears throat> those who are fueled by the future... They say, what if, rather than if only. What ifs take us into the future. If onlys bring us back to our past. What ifs dream of what can be. If onlys remind us of what can't be. Mm-hmm. Circumstances do not rule our life. We live above the circumstances, never under them. People say, under their circumstance, I'm doing okay. And what are they doing under their circumstance? Another, you are the victor because the present affliction does not take you down if you are fueled by your future. Your anchor holds onto the eternal rock. So here are some thoughts of those whose mind has not been renewed and they're thinking about the worst uh, instead of saying the best is yet to come, like we talked about last week, it's going to get worse rather than better. Yep. I think that's that slave mindset too. And yes. If, and if something good does happen, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes, because you're a victim and you always expect the worst to happen, not the best. And With my luck, it will probably go downhill from here on. Yep. So there's no faith for the future. So there's no secure hold on the present. <clears throat> if you can't lay hold on the future... The present only gets worse. And I think in the in the religious context, sometimes that looks like a martyr complex. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, you know, like we talked about suffering and how that's a part of life. But some people take that in a gross way. And they're like, yes, well, I'm just suffering for Jesus. Yes. And they have this weird martyr complex that's like a cross between that 
slavery wilderness mindset and um, being really religious and wanting to be seen as being important, like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And that weird, weird hybrid, I've seen it before, and I, I've never found it attractive. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, and, and, and what's funny about that is I have caught myself thinking similar thoughts before. Sure, sure. You know, even though I think it's really gross, I've done it myself. Uh-oh. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah, I don't like admitting that, but it's true. Yeah. And I've thought things like, like when you're going through periods of suffering, it's easy, I think, to take up that sort of martyr complex and be like, yes, well, this is just my lot in life is to suffer, but I'll do it for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it'll be okay. And while that may be factually accurate <laughs> at the moment, it's the attitude that matters. Yes. And we need to have the attitude of Joshua and Caleb. Mm-hmm. of seeing the future, seeing the potential, even when we can't see it in the natural. They saw the giants too. Mm-hmm. It's not like they didn't see the giants. It's that even though they saw the giants, they th- they saw something more than that. Mm-hmm. And they saw that, so what? They're huge. God can beat them. Giant city walls. We've never even seen that before, but whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. God's got this, you know? Um, that's a very different attitude. So they can, you can, you can suffer through the suffering much easier when you know that you're going to have victory on the other side of the battle. Yes. Going through a battle hopeless, man, you're done for. Mm-hmm. You walk into that battle knowing you're dead, you're in trouble. You're mm-hmm. in real trouble. Mm-hmm. But if you walk into that battle knowing that God's going to come through and win, then that's how a little boy beats a giant with a rock. Yep. That, and it's amazing. Well and God, said. God can do it, and he does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a matter of seeing our everyday life through this biblical lens. Because we can talk about all these Bible stories and people are like, I know those stories and I agree with everything you guys are saying. But yet tomorrow when they go to work and the boss is really mean and won't give them that promotion, they still act like slaves. Yes. Instead of acting like Caleb and Joshua Mm -hmm. in their real life. Mm -hmm. So there's this disconnect. And we want to help you bridge that gap. (laughs) The disconnect between what you know is true and how you actually live and actually act. And I think the key to bridging that is being transformed by the renewing of your mind, allowing the Holy Spirit to change the way you see the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly what happened with Joshua and Caleb. They saw the world differently. Their brains were different than everybody else. They yeah. saw differently than yeah. everybody else. And it was good. It was good Necessary. and it was very good. And they were the only ones who lived. <laughs> yes. Everyone else died in the wilderness except mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And then when he's 80 years old, and they're divvying out the land, Caleb says, give me the one with the highest ridge so I have to run up there every day to my house. Because even though I'm 80, I'm still like a young man at heart. He never lost that mindset. It's an awesome, awesome mindset. My my nephews are named Joshua and Caleb, so I I, I have an affinity for for these two characters. Mm. These folks who wanted to go back when you look to the past, you romanticize the past. So true. Because you want it to look pleasing to you because that's the direction you're going. They hated Egypt when they were there. But at but least they had some water or whatever. Now they're wanting to go back because it was so nice. The exactly. food was good. And uh, Remember how we didn't have to walk all day? Oh. Yeah, but you were slaves and you were being beaten. <laughs> There's no way Egypt was better than the wilderness. Yeah. Although, to many, again, this is a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. The future is inherently scary to people. 
Yes. And so, like, you know, you know the phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Mm-hmm. And so this uncertainty of what's going to happen in the future was so debilitating to them that they would rather go back to the devil they knew and be slaves. Mm-hmm. Like, what a horrible way to live, that you're so afraid of the future. Even when you have a promise from God and a God literally walking around with you every day in a cloud of fire, and I mean, it's pretty crazy, and yet they still couldn't see past um, this fear. And the, the future was so scary to them that they would rather go back to a horrible, horrible existence in Egypt. And how many of us do the same thing? God wasn't happy with them. No. Because he wanted like better for them. He, he had great plans for them, and they said no to it. He was so happy with Joshua and Caleb, but he wasn't. Those ten, their report turned a whole nation of two million back into the wilderness. That's sad. So distressing. And, it, and they wanted the past to look better, so they romanticized it because uh, they were, like you say, they were afraid of the future. So they didn't want to walk forward, so they walked into their past. And what we are saying to you, dear listeners, is that the best is yet to come, that your future, your inheritance, is indestructible, imperishable. It's not going to fade away. It's reserved in, for heaven for you. It's a done deal. It mm-hmm. is yours, ready to be claimed on the other side of the river. And if you have that mindset with eternity in view, your today is easier. You can cope. You can endure. Back to that word of endure. We, we uh, toughen up. We're ready to take on the challenges with hope and with faith in God that he's going to get us through. And it may be hard, may be hard for quite a while. But we're going to get through because we have hope in God. And that's what we trust that you are picking up from what we are sharing, that Joshua and Caleb had that outlook, and God was pleased with them. Two things Jesus marveled at uh, on earth. He marveled at great faith, and he marveled at the lack of it. When he saw no faith where he expected it, it says he marveled at their unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be one that Jesus is marveling at for my unbelief. <laughs> no. I want him to marvel at me because I'm believing for him to do it in the presence of my difficulties. Yep. In the midst of my struggles, yep. I'm going to endure. He that endures to the end shall be saved. That's good news. It is. And that's what I'm laying hold of. So, Lord, transform our minds so that we can see like Caleb and Joshua saw. Yes. Instead of seeing just what's around us, our circumstances, the difficulties. Help us, God. Help us not to do the math and look around and make decisions based on that. But Mm. help us to make decisions based on keeping our eyes on you, on where you are calling us and what you are calling us to do. Yes. Knowing that when we place our future in your hands, it is well placed. Mm Mm-hmm. And I agree with that, and I say amen. Amen. All right, check us again next week. We'll continue this topic, Fueled by the Future. I'm liking it.
I am too. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.